How about our youth praise man, folks? Great job, guys. So thankful for the leadership there. Of course, Paul and Megan Graham have been investing in that for years. Thank you for Megan Hastings uh, and Michael Franklin for all that you guys do to invest in our kids. Of course, it starts with Brother Caleb and his leadership team, and, and they are a part of that. And, of course, our youth praise band, I am a little bit biased. I do have two of my kids, Timmy and Gracie, on that. Thank you, guys. And, of course, Amber and Landon. All you guys do. I, I don't know about you, but when I was that age, I would have been terrified to do that. What about you guys? Um, but that's just one example of why we do what we do here. I mean, our, our purpose as a church is to connect people to Christ and his church. That's what we want to do through intentional evangelism, dynamic worship, loving fellowship, personal discipleship, and caring ministry. And you've seen children's ministry. You're learning more about what we're doing there. You've seen our youth praise band and the leadership that's being developed in that ministry. And that, that, that's what this is about. I mean, we want to invest in people, disciple people. We want to first introduce them to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because without that, our life is hopeless, right? That is where we find uh, true love. We know our creator, we find meaning, we find purpose, and then if we are willing to invest in those that come to Christ and disciple them, we will see them grow and discover God's purpose for their lives, and then we as a church will fulfill the purpose that God has given us. But I think when we see that in the lives of young people, it highlights that even more and what the importance of that, because we need a generation that's willing to take the gospel to the nations. We need to be that generation, and we need to raise up another generation. But this is our vision. This is, we talked about this last week. That is the end goal. That's where we want to be as a church, to reach this goal, to be defined as a church that does that, that, that is connecting our world to Christ and using all of those biblical purposes to do that. But the question then comes, how do we do that? And that's where our mission comes in. Our mission is our GPS. It's our guide. It's what keeps us on track. And we, we uh, believe that our mission as a church is that we want to be a people who love God first, love people, the, the first and second greatest commandment, right, and who share Jesus and make disciples. That's our mission. So as we are trying to reach the vision, the end goal, the favorable outcome, that's the definition of a vision. This is what's going to keep us on track. This is what's going to guide us, our mission. It, it is our parameters. But we, we go even further and break that down because we want to stay on task. We want to fulfill God's purpose here in this church. And so that's where we get into our day-to-day guide, our strategy, which is really the DNA of the church, what we are made up of. It is how we... We connect people to Christ. It is how we stay on task and get people connected to this church. Because yes, we want to spread the gospel. And ultimately, if, if we see someone come to Christ and they, God leads them to another church fellowship, praise God. We, we want people just to get connected. But we are not bashful and shouldn't be about the fact that if, if we introduce you to Christ or if you are here today, we want to connect you to this church because we want to, to see you fulfill God's purpose. We want you here. And we want people here, and, and our strategy, our day-to-day, our DNA that defines the ministries of this church from day to day to day is found in those four simple words, connect, grow, serve, and go. Last week, we talked about connect. And just to sum, connect means two, really two things. First, we want to connect people to Jesus Christ so that they can find salvation, a personal relationship with Christ. And he is the only way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. There aren't many paths to God. There's one, and that's Jesus Christ. If you want salvation, if you want hope in this life, if you want to know why you are here, what you were created for, what the purpose of life is, and then 
If you want to have security for the future, for eternity, if you want eternal life, if you want to know that when your life here is over, that you will spend eternity in heaven with your Creator, God the Father, then you find that through a relationship with Jesus Christ. No other place. You can search your whole life, and I guarantee you, you will not find those things. So we want to connect people to Christ and then to this church. And then once you get connected to this church, we want you to find your purpose. We want you to find where to serve. We want you to grow in your relationship with Christ. We don't want just converts so that we've got a bunch of numbers and leave them to fend for themselves. No, we want to invest in you. We want to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. We're going to talk about that. We want to see you discover the gifts he's given you to serve. Because you'll never fulfill your purpose until you begin to serve in ministry. Now, I'm called to vocational ministry. I am a pastor, your pastoral staff. But make no mistakes, we are all ministers of the gospel. And you have a place in that. Maybe it's out front teaching. Maybe it's behind the scenes doing something no one else sees. Both are equally valuable. And we want you to go on mission. Yes, we want you to go outside the walls of this church to reach people, to share the gospel. We want you to go in our community and beyond, and we're going to talk more about that today. So we've talked about connect. Today we're going to talk about grow, serve, and go, beginning with how we want to see people grow and why we want to see people grow. That's number one, and there's a biblical mandate for this. Everything we do, there's a biblical mandate for it. Okay, And that is certainly true with growing in your relationship to uh, to Jesus Christ. The biblical precedent. Now, this is wrong in your notes, and it's my fault. Okay, Let me just go ahead and confess that. Your notes say 1 Peter 3.18, but it should be 2 Peter 3.18, all right? Uh, That's our first verse as we look at the biblical mandate for growing, the biblical precedent. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. So, growing in grace and knowledge, becoming more like Christ. And when you do that, to him be the glory, both now and for all of eternity. That your growth, your becoming more like Christ, glorifies God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You glorify God... By becoming more like Jesus. And then there's Hebrews 6 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teaching about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God. Leave the elementary. When you become a believer, you will you won't know much about God's word. And that's okay. And I mean truly know. You may have head knowledge, but heart knowledge, and that's okay. You're young in the faith. But the challenge for all of us is to go beyond that elementary teaching and to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, to become more like Christ. So just like a child grows to adulthood, if they don't, then something's wrong, right? We know something's wrong if a child doesn't grow properly or if our body is not functioning properly. In the same way, if a believer who is a young believer, a child in the faith, if they're not growing, then there's something wrong. We should be growing. And then Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. We all have a role. And yours may be one of those. It may be something else. But we have gifts. And we should use those to build up the body until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son. We should be united in our growth and our knowledge of God's Son. Growing into maturity with the stature stature measured by Christ's fullness. So if you want to know whether or not you're growing, how much are you like Christ? How full are you of the Holy Spirit? And I'm not talking about just the presence of the Holy Spirit. When you're saved, the presence of the Holy Spirit takes up, he takes up residence in your life. But there's a difference between having the presence of the Holy Spirit and truly being full, filled with the Holy Spirit, becoming more like Christ. And so that's a good measure. How much like Jesus am I really? The fullness, the stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be children 
See, you're growing, no longer be children, tossed by the waves, blown around by the wind of teaching. When you're immature in the faith, it's easy to be swayed one way or the other. If you're not filled with the knowledge of Christ, you can be swayed one way or another, tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning, with cleverness, and the techniques of deceit. And there's plenty of people that are good at deceiving. And there's plenty of false gospels out there. Feel good, whatever. Name it, claim it, whatever. And if you are not mature in your faith, you will be easily swayed by those things. But if you know the truth, if you have a solid foundation of truth, you will not be easily swayed. That's what, what Paul is saying here. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way, every way. Into him who is the head, Christ. From him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body. And here's the thing, we're, we're all included in this. If one of us is not growing properly, the body's not knit together properly. And that's why this is so important. Fit together, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes growth of the body For building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. Don't miss that. The proper working of each individual part. Now, if there's a part of your body that's not working, you know that, right? I think I heard Nathan say amen. Where's Nathan? (laughs) But that's the truth, right? I mean, if something's not working, it's not right. If one of us is not growing, then it's not, the body's not going to function properly. You each have a purpose. You each have a function in this. And we're all supposed to grow spiritually. Now, this is not in your notes. I added it later. But 2 Peter 2.2, 2, or 1 Peter 2.2, 2, I just can't get that right. I'm sorry. 1 Peter 2.2 2 says, Like newborn infants, we, desire, we should desire the pure milk of God's word. So that by it, you may grow up into your salvation. Just like babies start with milk, we start with the milk of God's word. Our knowledge is limited. But if you go back to Hebrews 6, 1, we should leave the elementary teachings about the word. So we start with milk just like a baby starts with milk. But then what comes next when the child begins to grow? Food. It's baby food, and then it's on to solid, more solid food later, right? Well, I brought some things with me. You're probably wondering why the high chair is up here, um, and you're about to find out. Uh, I brought some baby food. Now, I remember this very, very vividly, all right? Got a couple different things here. I've got sweet carrots. Now, there's something in this, and I'm going to try not to get too graphic. I don't know what all is in this, but... The consistency and color of this does not change once it goes through the digestive process of a baby. (laughs) Am I lying? How many of you can testify to that? You remember that? We've been there, right? But this stuff is not what you would want to eat. I've got baby carrots. Adults, you're not going to take a lot of joy if you try to eat this. Um, I have sweet peas. Can I share the story? Is that okay? I'm putting you on the spot. Mandy was pregnant with Timmy. Gracie was little, and she was feeding her peas. And Gracie has never really liked sweet peas. She did not like them then. And so Mandy decided that in order to encourage Gracie, now she's pregnant, okay, and in order to encourage Gracie to eat these peas, she took a bite of them. Okay, and I'm sorry, but it's just too good. Um, So she takes a bite of the peas and immediately gets up from the table, goes into the bathroom, gets rid of those peas, and then goes back and makes Gracie finish her peas. (laughs) Don't do that, parents. If you've ever tried this, you know what I'm talking about, okay? And I also, just because this cannot be good, ham, all right? Yeah, ham. Okay, since Caleb was making fun of me, I'm not going to call you up here, but Caleb was making fun of this. Let's imagine for a moment I get Caleb up here, and I'm not, but it would be funny, and put him in this high chair. The youth are saying, do it, do it, do it. But let's say I put him in this high chair, and I begin to spoon feed him baby food. 
how would you feel about that? Not, not Caleb. The youth are saying, great, I would feel wonderful. But honestly, the rest of us would be a little uncomfortable with that, right? I mean, that would be a little weird. That's why I'm not doing it. But that would be strange, right? Why? Because it's not normal. It's not normal for adults to eat baby food. We move on to other things. Steak. Mm. I love steak and baked potato. Pizza. Potatoes. Meat. Any, you know, vegetables. Solid food. You move on to solid food. Well, guess what? The same thing is true spiritually. If you are a Christian and you've been a Christian for 5, 10, 15 years and you're still eating baby food, you're still just drinking the milk of God's word, and you haven't moved on to solid food, you're not digging deeper, you're not getting into the meat of God's word, then you're not growing properly. And we here at Wall Highway want to help you do that, and we want to build ministries around that. So that you, we will, it's up to me individually to decide to grow spiritually, but we can help with that. And we can design ministries to help with that. And that is our goal. So what are our goals this year for 2022? What are we going to do to help you grow? Well, one thing that we are going to do, we've already started, and that's something we've been doing for the past couple of years. We do a Bible study, a daily study together as a church. We encourage you to do this in your quiet time or outside of your quiet time if there's something else that you do for your quiet time. But this year we are doing the Project 51 study. We started at the beginning of January. It's, a, it's an app. It's on the Bible app that you probably already have on your device. You can also get hard copies of that. I believe there's still some in the foyer. If not, you can get them online on our website. You can get them from the church office, but you can access that uh, on the Bible app. And it's a New Testament study. We go through the New Testament during the week. We do Psalms on the weekend, and we do that together as a church. Now, here's one way you can get more out of that. Daily, you're going to grow in doing that, but I'm a part of a group of men that I respect Highly godly men in this church. They invited me to be a part of this when we started our CBR journal, and I'm not going to single them out today just to say that I respect them greatly and, and am privileged to be a part of this group. It's a simple thing that we do. We've been doing it for this is our third year. And every morning when we have our Bible study, some of us do it quite a bit earlier than others. Uh, I'm not a morning person, but I do mine in the morning, and I've usually got text waiting on me when I start mine because they've already done theirs. Uh, but it's just a text group, and there's about five of us, I think. And we do our Bible study, and then we text each other insights from that study. It's not deep. It's, sometimes it gets a little deeper than others, but it's really just what really impressed us the most that day. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it, it is challenging looking at the different perspectives from that. And I've, I've been challenged by that. I've grown as a result of that. That's one way. If you're not doing that, I encourage you, get three or four, two or three people that you can just communicate that with. That's one way we're encouraging growth. Another way is that we're providing Sunday night Bible study options. For the past couple of months, we've had four adult Bible studies going on on Sunday night. That's the most we've had at one time since I've been here. We've had two youth studies, the guys and the girls. We've had a children's study going on uh, on Sunday nights. A couple of those are about to wrap up. Some of them are ongoing. We're going to do more of those, offer more options, more variety, couple studies, men's studies, women's studies um, on Sunday nights. And, and those are usually you know, six to eight weeks, not a, lot, not a long-term commitment, but those are, are great studies. Uh, we've been teaching a couple study. Um, and it's been a great experience for us, and we wrap it up tonight, and of course we're going to eat because we're Baptists, we're going to have a party, and we're going to wrap up tonight, but it's been a great experience for us, it's been challenging for me, we'll do more of that, we're going to challenge you to dig deeper in God's word in preparation for Sunday morning, one thing that we're going to do is I'm going to begin this week, uh, Melody is, is preparing, uh, already has, my passages for the, for the James series that I'm starting next week. And we're going to send you that passage ahead of time. Not just to have it, but so that hopefully you will begin to dig into it to prepare for this. You can come in here and you can critique me. <laughs> See how I've done in digging into God's Word. Okay, All of us together preparing I mean, imagine how much more we will get out of this if I've spent time in this passage, if you've spent time in this passage before I open my Bible on Sunday morning. Uh, so we're going to do that. Uh, you'll have those in advance, not just with the James series. We'll continue that through the year. 
I really want us to start uh, digging deep into Scripture. And not just, you know, I know some of you do, but not just coming in for Sunday school and, and a sermon on Sunday morning. There's also going to be a Scripture memory challenge that goes along with that. Uh, we'll start with, we're just going to do this for James. We won't do this every series, but, but for James, you're going to see st- t- starting tomorrow, there will be, uh, we'll send this out. It'll be available online. If you don't have access to those things, you can call the church office. There will be three different challenge levels. There will be one that's just a simple verse or two, okay? Maybe you're just starting to memorize scripture. You want to start small. That's okay. There will be another that will include a few more verses if you're, if you're feeling froggy and want to jump, you can jump a little ahead of those doing just a couple of verses. And listen, if you're really feeling like a challenge, you can memorize the whole passage. Now, I am trying to do that. Uh, Caleb and I were talking the other day. I think he's a step ahead of me. We're, we're working through, I'm starting to work through the first chapter of James. I memorized it years ago, but I'm memorizing it in a different version now. Uh, so you may get a little bit of both when I quote it, but that's okay. Um, but I, you know, that's, that's, I'm trying to meet that challenge. If you can't do that or don't want to do that, it's okay. But the whole idea is that we want to get into memorizing Scripture. This is something that, that God's working in my heart to do more of, and I'm hoping that that spreads. We'll do it with James. We'll probably do it with another series later on. Another thing we're going to do this year is you're going to see book recommendations for spiritual growth. In the past, we've recommended a single book or uh, one or two books, but we're just going to, we're going to have a place on our website, possibly in the foyer where we'll make hard copies available, where the staff will recommend books for spiritual growth. Maybe other leaders in the church will, will enlist them to recommend some books, because I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for new recommendations for, for yes, books for spiritual growth and even books for fun. Because I try to do one of each at, the, at, at one time. I try to work through a book that's spiritual, challenging growth, spiritual growth, and one that I just enjoy, which usually ends up being some sort of biography or history, something or other. All right? um, but that, that's what we want to do. So we'll be offering some recommendations, and we'll publicize those as we do. All right. Uh, another thing that we're going to do is church-wide prayer walks. We've done that in the past. We're going to continue to do that. We'll do it here on campus. In an organized, or we'll do it at a time where we can all kind of move through and do that together or throughout the day or whatever. Uh, Like I talked about last week, we're going to encourage you to do that through your neighborhood. You can do that on your own, but we will have times where we emphasize that. Uh, Maybe even in other public places in our community. Think about that. Think about if we went out two by two, just like Jesus sent out the disciples, right? And we just assign different public locations where we aren't going to interfere People may not even know what we're doing, but we prayer walk those areas. Hey, Walmart could use some prayer, right? (laughs) We could walk through Walmart. We can walk through Target. We could go, with permission, maybe even walk the school grounds and pray. Um, We've got some partnerships we're working on with some of our schools that maybe we could do that. Uh, You know, maybe even when those kids aren't there for safety so that they're not worried about these crazy people walking around the school. Um, but just think about what we could do if we bathed our community in prayer. Just some of the things that we're going to focus on. We're also going to work to strengthen our men's ministry. We're right now working on developing a men's ministry team, and we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to have uh, men's Bible studies. We've done a few in the past that were successful, and so uh, maybe on a night other than Sunday night or on Sunday night, you know, we'll we'll do we'll offer some of those through the years, but we're going to have a men's ministry team that works on developing a vision and a scope for that ministry uh, to grow. Uh, we do have an activity coming up that we is not yet officially on the calendar, so I apologize, Jerry, uh, but I, I don't think there's going to be a, 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 um, a conflict, but um, I've, worked, I've talked to Josh Hill, who's going to coordinate this for us. Uh, the FCA is hosting a, a men's ministry event on April the 18th at Trash Panda Stadium. If you haven't been there, it's an incredible stadium. Um, and it's called the Kingdom Men's Huddles. It's going to be Monday, April the 18th from 6 to 8 p.m. And uh, the, the keynote speaker, and it's been publicized, right, Candy? Okay, I don't want to, I, I found it online, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, Steve Spurrier is going to be the keynote speaker for that. So um, even if you have bad memories of him from the 90s, if you're an Alabama fan, still worth listening to. Um, but, you know, that's one thing we're going to do. 
you know, an event that's coming up, and we're going to do more things like that through the year. We want to strengthen our men's ministry. We've got godly men in this church, and we want to raise up more godly men in this church. So we're going to do that. We're also going to continue to strengthen our women's ministry. They're very active. They meet regularly. They schedule events. They just had one last weekend, um, but they're going to continue to have Bible studies. Uh, Sarah Evans has done one on Mondays in her home. We're going to do more things like that. There's a, a, I think, a need and a desire for that. Maybe off campus, do some women's Bible studies as well as on campus. Uh, more, more small group studies throughout the year we will do. And activities, they fill up the calendar. I mean, they, the, our women are active. I mean, they, they, are, they are doing some great ministry within our women's ministry. We'll continue to do that. Those are just some of the areas that we're going to facilitate growth. But ultimately, it's up to me as an individual to decide to dig in and do that, right? I've got to be passionate about pursuing God and my relationship with God. But we as a church family want to come alongside you and do that. So those are some of the ways. So we want to connect people. We want them to grow, and then we want them to serve. Let's look at that for a few moments. We want people to serve. You have been gifted even if you don't know it. And there's a place of service waiting for you. Let's look at Romans 12, 3 through 8. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, we're all different, different gifts, different abilities, just like the different parts of your body function differently. We all have different functions we, we are part of the same body, individual members uh, of one another. Different functions, but part of the same body, members of one another in Christ. Verse 6, according to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the portion of one's faith. If you serve, if service, then use it in service. If God's gifted you to teach, teaching, then use it in teaching. Verse 8, if exhorting, encouragement, building others up, then use your gift of exhortation. If giving, give with generosity. If God's given you leadership abilities, and even if you don't have natural leadership abilities, but God's calling you to lead, he will equip you, then lead. If showing mercy, or if, if, if uh, yeah, showing mercy, then do that with cheerfulness. The point there is, is that whatever your gift is, then use it. And God's given each of us spiritual gifts. And he's given us abilities. And there's a difference between those two. So real quickly, I want to differentiate between those two. What's a spiritual gift? Well, look at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help one another. A spiritual gift is a special ability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer at their conversion. That's important. Once you accept Christ, God gives you, the the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your life, and you have a spiritual gift or multiple gifts that come along with that to be used to minister to others and therefore build up the body of Christ. We're gifted at the point of conversion. Spiritual gifts are given when you are saved, but their use and purpose is, have to be developed. I have to work to develop. I've got a part in that gift. And using it, serving, is how I develop that spiritual gift. Growing in my faith is how I develop, help develop that spiritual gift. Their use and purpose need to be understood and developed as we grow spiritually. A spiritual gift is a lot like a muscle. It will not grow unless you exercise it. And so I have to exercise my spiritual gift. But the more you use it, the stronger it gets. We develop our spiritual gifts. So God wants you to use the gifts he's given you, but he also wants you to use your abilities. There are abilities that God gives you. Those are different. Abilities uh, are closely related to gifts, but not quite the same. God has given us all abilities. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 6. There are different abilities to perform service, but the same God gives ability to all for their particular service. So spiritual gifts you get at conversion Abilities are natural gifts that you're born with. They're just some things that you're good at. And everything, gifts and abilities, should be used for the glory of God. Some of you are mechanical. You're good with your hands. You're good at fixing cars. You can use that or other things. You're just, you know, kind of a jack of all trades. You're handy. 
or maybe uh, you're good with uh, woodwork, or maybe you're really good in academics. Um, that I would not have fallen into that category, but some of you are good at academics naturally. Maybe you're athletic. Maybe you're good with kids. Maybe you're crafty. You're good with crafts. Not, not deceptive or sneaky, but good with crafts. All right. Uh, some of you are maybe that too, but I don't, I'm not sure how you would use that for God's glory, but okay. No, you're good at crafts. Maybe you're artistic. I mean, the list goes on and on. You have natural abilities that God has given you, abilities that you were born with, and in the same way as spiritual gifts, you are to use those for the glory of God, and the more you use those, the stronger they will get, and there are different ways you can do that. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Gifts and abilities, everything that you have, everything that you are. And we're going to encourage that. A couple of goals I want to cover. Ways we're going to encourage that. The first one is that on our new church software, we have a spiritual gifts inventory, but we also have this thing called the, the skill set survey. Even if you've been a Christian for years, go to your Realm page. If you haven't signed up for Realm, call the church office, request an invitation, but go to your page and fill that out. Two reasons. One, it'll help you if you're struggling with gifts and abilities don't know exactly what yours are, this will help you kind of begin to discover what you're good at. But even if you know what your gifts are, I want, I'm asking the entire church to do this anyway because this is going to help us, the leadership of the church, help match our members, new and longtime members, with ministry positions, with areas of service as they open. We can look at your skill set survey. We can look at what you're good at, what you like doing, and help plug you into places of service. We want to help you find those areas to serve, and this is one way we're going to do it. So go to your Realm page. Fill out the skill set survey if you haven't already. We're also this ministry spotlight that we're doing. Why are we doing that? Well, some of you, if you're not involved in kids' ministry, you don't know all what goes on over there. If you're not involved in Loads of Love, which is our spotlight in ministry next month, you don't know exactly what they do, or Downtown Rescue, or any number of the ministries that we have here. So we're going to spotlight these different ministries throughout the year so that you can learn more about them and learn how to get plugged in. They're going to tell you what the ministry is. They're going to describe how the ministry affects the lives of other people. And they're going to tell you how you can be involved in that ministry if you feel led to do so. The different ways you can plug in. So we're going to do that each month throughout the year, this ministry spotlight. And th again, this month is kids' ministry. You're learning all about kids' ministry. This, today we, we learned about the ministry team and who they are and what they do. And, and how you can be involved in that. Next month, we're looking at loads of love, and then we'll continue from there. Different ministries highlighted. We're also working on developing an internship program here. Sarah's kind of serving as our guinea pig uh, for her school. Um, we're developing that. The, ho the hope is that we want to raise up young people to be leaders in the church, right? We want to, whether they're called to full-time ministry of not, or not, we want to offer opportunities uh, and yes, people outside the church too, but, but our young folks, we, from, chi from childhood to adulthood, we want to disciple them and, and we want to equip them to serve And in this internship program. We're going to be working. Jim has kind of taken that on and is doing research and he is developing that. And once we get done, our goal is by the end of the year that we've got that, that program completed and what it's going to be about and how we're going to do it, the ins, the outs, all of that, and a clear purpose, a clear direction, a clear scope. Um, so we're going to develop that program. Uh, and that's one thing that we feel the Lord's leading us to do. But we also have other ministries that have just started. Uh, that you can get plugged in, our, our helping hearts coming alongside our happy hearts, senior adults and our deacons to minister to our folks that are either homebound or just not able to be here, not able uh, to get out as much as they used to. Um, we've got things like as simple as our setup crew that we have developed this year. We've got a team of people that if we have an event, their purpose is to set up for that event. And that is important, by the way. And they're good at it, too. They're fast, too. Um, they, they, they do a great job. But, it, you know, it can be something out front where you're teaching. It can be something like setting up chairs and tables for an event. Both are vitally important. And so we want to get you connected to an area of service. So connect, grow, serve, and finally go. We're going to be going. 
outside the walls. Serving, a lot of that happens inside the walls of the church, right? An area of service in the church. Sometimes it does branch outside the walls, but primarily that's going to take place inside the walls of the church. But when we talk about going, we're talking about getting outside the walls, and that happens locally here in our community. It happens in a, in a broader sense in our region. It happens in our North America. And, and then it happens beyond. We have uh, mission focus, mission projects beyond um, our, our local area and overseas and long distance. We're called to take the gospel to the nations. And we can't get into an attitude where we think, oh, that's somebody else's job. We're not the largest church. We can't do that. We've got to take part. And this church has always done a wonderful job of taking part in that. And we're going to continue to do that. But we base this on Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And if we're going to be a healthy church as it relates to going missions, we need to be involved in each of those areas. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And that's our goal. We look at Jerusalem and that's our immediate community, our friends, our family, our co-workers, the people that we are around all the time, live by, work with, socialize with, our family members. That's our first focus. But then our Judea, which is our region, Madison County, Harvest, um, Athens, this region that we are connected to, that's outside of our communities, outside of our immediate families, where we work. Or maybe it is where you work. Maybe you work outside. So we want to have a focus there. But then Samaria, that's really the United States, but North America. So that's our region. That's, that's our Samaria. And then the ends of the earth. It's the world. And we, we want to have involvement in supporting and participating in missions around the world. And so your youth pastor, Caleb Hecox, who is also um, our res- resident missions expert maybe, but passionate about missions, right? Always has been. Has a missions background. Um, and he's passionate about our students. Does a great job. But he is passionate about missions. And he began to pray and develop Um, missions goals and brought those to me and we prayed over that and we feel like that these three goals define who we are to be and what our function what our purpose is and missions at Wall Highway Baptist Church and they're simple yet they are so vitally important number one is we want to inspire missional living here right in our Jerusalem in our Judea right here where we live where we work our lives Because the reality is, if we're not doing it here, it doesn't matter what we do long distance, far away. And so that's number one. We want to have missional living here. I talked last week about living on mission wherever you're planted, and that's going to be an emphasis this year. We want to emphasize that. And so that's number one. That's the first goal. The second one is to spark a love for God's creative diversity. People and creation itself is varied. And are varied, right? We want, to, we want to take in and love the variety that is the human race. All nations, all colors, all creeds. God loves variety. And we see that in creation. We want to have a new love for that. And a desire to reach people from all different backgrounds. Regardless of whether that's here at home or abroad. So to spark a love for God's creative diversity, to take the gospel to other cultures and other peoples, and to appreciate the beauty that's displayed in all of creation, and of course including the human race created in his image. And that's the beauty of of who God is. It doesn't matter your background, your color, your race, whatever. Humans are created in the image of God, and we want to have a deep love for that. And then to recognize, and this is important, I'm not as, as I don't have as much experience in, in broad missions work as Caleb does, or as some of you do, but one thing that you learn in missions is that it's not about me. And that's one, one goal, is that we want to understand that life itself, it's not about us. It's about glorifying God. And one way we do that is to take the gospel to the nations starting at home and moving abroad. 
And so we want to glorify God and fulfill his kingdom purpose. Folks, you were created for a greater purpose than just this life, just the here and now. And one of the ways that we realize that is getting outside of our comfort zones and taking the gospel to places that we normally wouldn't be. And so we want to fulfill God's kingdom purpose and to take the gospel. I've said it a couple times. I'm going to say it one more time, maybe even another before we're done. To take the gospel to the nations. And it starts at home. Our Jerusalem and our Judea. How are we doing that? Well, one area is this ongoing partnership that we have with Legacy Elementary. And, and they have, we have formed a great relationship. Jim, the children's ministry team, we have formed a great relationship. Y'all, y'all got to see Jim last week. You're going to see him again. Jim Graham's our children's pastor. And, and we're going to continue to build that relationship. But one thing that we've been doing for a while is what we call lunches of love. And you'll learn more about that. There'll be a ministry spotlight on that later on. But we provide meals to some families that, that need it. And we got a letter from Mr. Petty, who is our counselor there, an email. And Jim gave it to me to share with you. Let me just share how that ministry is impacting. He says, we are so blessed to have an amazing community partner in Wall Highway Baptist Church. The donations of food from the congregation of Wall Highway Baptist Church does not go unnoticed. Now listen to this. The burden of purchasing items and packing bags each week has been lifted from our parent volunteers and staff. Our church has taken that on. Through your support, 40 students are able to take home a food bag each and every Friday afternoon. And these are students that might not have that at home over the weekend. So when I talk about donating items to that or giving money to that, think about where that's going and how that's making an impact. But guess what? Because we've been doing that, now we are starting to see more doors open in this school. And I, I, you know, I don't, there aren't a lot of details yet, and I'm not going to go into a lot of details, but just to say that that, that, that partnership is, has the potential to grow even more. And we're going to you're going to have opportunities if God leads you to get involved, to be involved in that. And getting inside the school, which is not easy to do these days. But we've got that partnership, and we're working on other partnerships with other schools um, that we hope to develop and grow. Um, loads of Love is another area that, that we do in our Jerusalem. And there's probably something I'm going to miss there, but you're going to learn more about Loads of Love next month. That's the ministry spotlight. But the first Saturday of each month, once a month, they gather, they wash clothes, they provide food, but it's about more than that. You're meeting a need so that you can share the gospel and build relationships with folks that are struggling, homeless, out of work, whatever the case may be. Again, that's the ministry spotlight next month. We'll, we'll talk about Downtown Rescue Mission. That's another opportunity that we have. And they need volunteers. You'll hear me make an announcement here in a little bit. The hospital ministry, Shirley Carlton. I said I wasn't going to single her out again, but I am. Uh, she's taking that over. She's heading that up. We're providing snacks. We're doing, you can learn about the details of that on the website, but we provide snacks. We've kind of adopted the third floor of the hospital here in Madison. And we're going to continue to develop that and work in that area. Operation Christmas Child. These are Jerusalem and Judea ministries that we focus on. And there are more, and we'll develop more. Um, but again, we talked about living on mission where you're planted, and that's a Jerusalem ministry, and we're going to help equip you to do that and be more intentional about that as a church. Samaria, what are we doing in Samaria? Well, we, we've got the North American Mission Board, um, and we're going we're gonna to emphasize that a little more. We hope to develop more North American missions in the future, but right now we're going we're gonna to emphasize how we can be involved in that, that more. The prayer, week of prayer starts today, by the way. Um, for this year, and I encourage you to be active. You'll receive that. We'll email those things. You know, we've got that available, but um, that's one way you can be involved, and we'll talk more about ways to be involved. But then we go to the ends of the earth, and there are a couple of ways that we're doing that. One is our Ecuador partnership. We're in a three-year partnership with Dan and Gina Weston in Ecuador. Last year was our first year. This year is our second year. We're going back again this year. And, and, and one more year after that is, is how we have envisioned this being. And there are a couple of goals. You can be involved as a goer, going, or you can be involved as a sender, helping to raise money and equip and support those who are going. And let me tell you, last year those senders were so very valuable and vital to support us, support us especially with everything that happened, unexpected. 
Um, and so you can be one of, you don't have to go, you can be a sender. We're all, the entire church is a sender, but you can be actively engaged in that. All right? But we, there are three areas really primarily that we have established as goals. One is the education center, one is the girls' home, and one is the coffee shop. These are areas where they are ministering to kids, um, and, you know, boys and girls, girls that might end up in human trafficking, prostitution, uh, kids that, um, that otherwise wouldn't have a chance maybe to, to avoid crime and, and drugs and all those other things. But we also have an opportunity in the rainforest to do missions work there, and that's kind of just developed as we've gone along. But uh, we also have Nepal. We're continuing to evaluate currently even what the future of that is and how we can continue to be involved in the future, which we will, through trips and other support. So there's the Nepal mission. And we still are connected to to our mission in Haiti. While that team and team of folks hasn't been able to go, we are still providing support at different times and, and looking when and where, how we may be able to be involved in the future. But that's another connection there. We've got missions market coming up. And I kind of broke that out as a separate thing to kind of end on because missions market is coming up, and that's an area, that's a, a time where you can see all of the missions work, all of the different areas that we are connected to here in our community, uh, missions here and beyond, and you'll be able to be introduced to that, okay? But it's also a great opportunity because last year when we did that, we had people from all over the community that came for that. And so we will have an opportunity there to reach people through just the missions market. And so that's going to be coming up, and you'll hear more about that. So these are all the ways, a lot of goals, a lot of things, a lot of stuff to process, and I encourage you to do that. But here's the challenge in all of this, okay? The challenge is we want to stay focused as a church, on God's plan for this church. Can we agree on that? We want to focus on what God wants. He does have a plan for us. He's given us a vision. And all these things that we've talked about are are a part of that vision. And we don't want to get sidetracked from that. It's easy to get sidetracked. We've got to focus on Christ. He has to be the center of our lives, the center of this church. And if we continue to focus on him then we won't get sidetracked. Let me illustrate that. You hopefully got a penny when you came in. You got your penny? Everybody, if you don't have one, I'm sorry. Just watch what the person next to you does, okay? Or borrow one from somebody. I don't know. Now, a penny, how valuable is a penny? Literally one cent. Now, I'm going to make a prediction. I don't think this is a stretch. One day, pennies will not be in existence, all right? Right now, especially with inflation, this is not worth very much, right? But we still got them. I got all these because I went around my house and just collected all the pennies that we had thrown in drawers or that my kids had. I stole my kids' pennies too. They owe me so much more money than that, so I don't feel that guilty. But I got all the pennies that I could find, okay, so that you could have a penny this morning because I wanted to show you something. A penny is small. Some people would say even insignificant it is. I mean, it's, there's just not a whole lot to it, and it's small in size, right? I mean, there's just not much to it. So let's, let's look at this, all right? Now, I simp- you'll be able to tell I wrote this because the handwriting's bad, but I simply wrote God's plan on this. Can you all see that? What does it say? God's plans. All right, now let's do something, a little exercise here, something as small as a penny. Close your left eye. All right, it doesn't matter which one, whichever one you prefer, all right? All right, close one eye. Now, look at this sign. Take that little bitty penny and bring it up close to the eye that's open, all the way up. Can you read my sign now? Why? But a penny's small. There's not much to it. You can't buy anything with a penny. (laughs) Yet... Something as small as that can block your, I can't even see it this close, completely block your ability to see God's plans. Now, whether it's money, whether it's your work, whether it's family issues, your own desires, your own plans, good things in your life, bad things in your life, addiction, you know, um, tragedy, regardless, 
There are any number of things, big and small, that if we allow them to, will completely block our ability to see God's plans. That's the challenge, folks. Daily submission, growth, dependence, passion, desire, commitment to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his plans. That's the call for all of us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us purpose, vision, direction. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your plans. You certainly don't need us to fulfill your kingdom plans, but you allow us to be a part of it. And I pray that right now in this time of commitment that we would make the commitment, that we would dedicate ourselves to focusing on you, to submitting, pursuing, passionately, growing in our relationship with you so that we can experience your plans, so that we can keep our focus on your plans and not be distracted by anything outside of your desire, your will. And our relationship with you, it has to be first. It has to be at the center of our lives. And we have to have that relationship. So, Father, if there is someone here today who doesn't know you, I pray that you, your Holy Spirit would draw them to you that they, that as they are under conviction Maybe they're realizing for the first time something that we all have, that we have all sinned and fallen short of your glory. But yet, you have provided a way to be freed from sin through the forgiveness that you offer. Jesus, your death on the cross, paying the price for our sins, your resurrection, defeating death. You invite us into a relationship with you. If we will receive you and ask for forgiveness, and invite you into our lives, we can be saved. Some of us know that. We've made that commitment. We've experienced that. But maybe there's somebody here today who doesn't. And Lord, I pray, I pray that they would cry out to you in this moment. For those of us who know you, I pray that we would be committed to you, pursuing you, growing in the grace and knowledge of who you are, becoming more like you. And that we as a church would be committed to connecting people to you and then to this church so that they can grow and know you more and experience the joys of knowing you, to discover the gifts and abilities that you've given them to serve and to go on mission outside the walls of this church, making an impact for your kingdom and your glory. Thank you for inviting us into that plan and using us. For it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. Would you stand for our time of commitment?